Welcome back, goddammit, to another edition of Tell Me a Joke, the Guideline of Chasing the Dream. I'm your host of Maniacal Minutes, Kyle Smith. Said the whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And today, goddammit, today, man, it has been a minute. I've, oh, uh, I, 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 man, I, I kind of want to say that you would be the godfather of New Orleans comedy, but you know, you, you. Because I'm Italian? Is that what it was? <laughs> no, man. You you were one of the original people that I've met when I first started comedy here. Man, put get, put, put your hands together. Oop, I got a clap right here. Boom. Four. Leon Blander. Leon Blander. Hello, everybody. What's up, it's man? It's me. I'm back. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, good buddy. To, man, it's good to see you. Thanks I'm for having glad, me on I'm the show. I'm glad I finally got to get you on. Yeah, thanks this for having me. This is nice. You're welcome. Uh, and you were out here. Writing books, sir. You, I wrote a book. Yeah, you, you, yeah. a book. A That's book. That's all it takes. Took a long time. <laughs> I don't know, man. When I when I when I so when I got close to finishing it, yeah, you know, and I was like super proud of myself. You go yeah. online and you see people who are also at the same level of like writing books as yeah. I am, which is an unknown person, and they have like seventeen books out already. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing all day? It's like <sighs> I type slow too, and, oh, and I read slow, oh. so. I, I am I'm a person that I I've always thought about having a writing well writing my own book not not a book kind of just like memoirs of myself yeah. of you know I would read that yeah this it's a lot write it a story at a time I have I have but then I'm like and then at oh, the I, end you just this. stick them all together and put a cover <laughs> on it and be like hey motherfuckers I wrote a book yeah. <laughs> and that's that. So what what got you into writing this book? Go what 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 oh, did man. you I mean, I always wanted to write a book. Like I mean, I think anybody who's been creative in any sense, yeah. like I don't know, but I started playing guitar when I was like eleven. Mm-hmm. And when I was playing guitar, I read every bio on every band that I loved and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, even younger than that, I you know, I just I loved reading. I love stories. I like telling stories. Yeah. And that, uh, that I mean that's why thing. I did stand up and you know, so I think that was it. And I've tried a bunch. I think a lot of people try and just you just gotta keep doing it until the book's you, over with. I mean, you are out of out of the people that I know in the comedy scene down in, in New Orleans, you are uh, the only other person besides Byron that I know that has written a book. Byron's and written a few books, huh? He, yeah, he's got like he has and yes. like records and like he's yeah. like a fucking renaissance. Byron, yeah, you can't put anybody in the same like <laughs> like Byron's like <laughs> Byron's like fucking. Um, I can't even think of anybody who would be he, like he's a he's magic like, man. Yeah, he's a he's like a, a multimedia guy like i wouldn't even consider i don't consider him like i mean he's a comedian yeah but he's like he's a poet yeah he's a musician yeah he's like he's a visual artist as well yeah like he does everything so byron's just like one of those dudes who you're like you just fucking live live his life all the time like that's what you're doing is like if you're not doing one form of art it's because you're doing another form of art at that time yeah he he is he basically does what he would like to do like uh if if i think that's better now than to be a one thing right be like a comedian a musician a writer like so much better to be be multi-faceted now that's that's what it feels like especially going out and seeing because nowadays there's so many things that you can 
get your hands into now because of social media. So it's just like, all right, you could do this, you could do that, but like, why just be a one trick pony, you know? Yeah. And so, okay. And what started you out doing comedy? Like, were you always going to be a person that did comedy? Because now you don't, you don't really. How long has you know it been what? since you did comedy? I mean, I I did one show about a year ago mm-hmm. that I I hosted. I was like a, a commission to like do this show for this yeah. hotel, and so I did that and I hosted it, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't done comedy. Ooh, As we're in the man. office of uh, <laughs> the Hideaway Den in Mandeville. Appreciate Thank the you, Hideaway Daryl. Den. Thank you, Daryl, for letting us use your office. <laughs> We do appreciate. Hello, Hideaway Den. This is Leon Blanda, comedian, writer, and musician. Hello, I'm with Kyle Smith. They hung up. That's a good moniker, though. You got. You have. See, it's always nice to have more than just. But you know, comedian. I don't put any of that stuff though. No. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I feel so stupid. Um, I'll never call myself an artist. That's for one thing. Even though, I mean, you know, it's all art. Um, uh, but like, yeah, I don't call myself a comedian anymore because I don't feel like that's, that, you know, I do feel like you have to, it continue you have to, to be go doing to fucking it. open mics. Yeah. To be a, and I say that I because that. that's, that's the penance you have to pay to carry the moniker comedian. Yeah. Now I will still go up on stages and tell jokes whether I will hit open mics on a regular does that, basis. Does that not consider yourself as a comedian? I don't, I don't think I, I have such hard like rules about things like not for me personally, but when I was mm-hmm. in it, you know, it was like, yeah. you go up as much as you can, you know, and you should. You should go up mm, in as many rooms as, as much, you can, yes. as much as you can, um, until you don't like doing that anymore. Is that what happened? I th- Well, a part of it was, I. so my my partner, uh, who, is a, who is a lady, but mm-hmm. we are not married, and uh, I don't like calling her my girlfriend because I'm mm. 42. <laughs> I'm 42. I feel that. Uh, you know, and I don't want to call her my girlfriend, so I say partner. Also, she's a non-binary cowboy, so she is act- she's my actual partner. Um, and we have two children together, so she's more than just a fling. Um, right. So uh, she was going to nursing school and i was a stand-up comedian with two free shows every week (sighs) and uh and she was like hey i need you to kind of help out more at the house because i was out every night like monday through friday at least you know Uh, this is perfect yeah i was out every night like i would work all day because i had a regular job because i wasn't a famous comedian right and then i would go to an open mic or host my own show Mm -hmm. and i because we didn't live in New Orleans proper, I didn't drive home and then drive back out because it was a commute. So I would be Ugh. in the city from like 8.30 in the morning until 3.30 in the morning oh, and then go home, sleep for a few hours, bring and the kids to school, go to work, go to a mic that night. And I just did that for... I missed a lot of shit, you know? Yeah. And And... and I was lucky enough that at that point she was like, hey, I need you home more because I'm in school mm. to get a real job that will make us money where we can live. Live, live. <laughs> and um, yeah. and uh, the kids need a father or a parent <laughs> home and you're the other one. So you got to be home now. I <laughs> let you do the stupid other. fucking comedy <laughs> thing for long enough. Ah. You didn't make it. Get home. And so that's what I did. Ah, and-, and then the pandemic hit and that made it much easier 
to like not because nobody was out right so i didn't so i wasn't a lot of pressure has been lifted now and then at some point like i just didn't want to do it yeah like i didn't want to go out and spend five hours away from my kids to do three minutes of jokes that I wasn't sure were going to work for people who I no uh, don't really the give a bargain shit that you take you know is, yeah and um yeah and I'm in my forties now so I had to like fucking <sighs> do something else I wasn't moving to New York or L A and this is this is the thing that I've been thinking about lately too because you know I'm thirty seven. I'm getting up there, and you know, I just recently got married. So I know. Congratulations! It, thank man. you, sir. And uh, I'm like, all right. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby and the baby carriage. And I'm like, oh shit, the babies, the babies. When the babies come, and that's when things slow down and stop. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to juggle that. Like, I don't know how how to juggle that because i've never had to yeah. deal with that like it's it's one thing to be able to go and try to chase this dream uh by yourself on your lonesome that's easy but now when you bring other people into the mix it's like okay uh, now i now i i worry about myself but i also have to worry about this other person that is also relying on me as well not as much because they're not a child and i don't have to i don't no, have any but children there's something but, there the time yeah, the, the yes i mean i loved more than any other art form, I loved stand-up. Mm-hmm. I felt like stand-up was the most me yeah. I ever was in anything. And I was in a band for years. And that felt like, at, looking back on that, that felt like posing, you know? Mm. Like, I wanted to be a cool guy in a band, so I put forth the cool guy in a band as much as I could. And maybe yeah. most people saw through it, and I thought I was, like, the cool guy in the band. They were like, hey, look at this fucking shit. <laughs> and maybe that's why the band didn't do any good. But when I started doing stand-up, I was like, I didn't have to be cool. I just had to be funny. Right. Um, and then even still then, I felt a little bit posturing until the end when I just didn't give a fuck about how people perceived me anymore i just wanted them to like the jokes you know you were you were kind of like one of the gatekeepers as i saw i hate that too i know (laughs) because people hate fucking gatekeepers (laughs) man and i know people don't like me and i i am sorry to you if you're listening to this and we had a a disagreement or whatever like reach out i will we, I, I will talk to you about it. Like, a good, uh, 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 quite a few people that are. Are you like, serious? Dude, I, I, oh, well, I was just saying that. I it's like, me. oh, nobody's gonna <laughs> fucking reach out. After. No, 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 nobody's oh. gonna reach out. But yeah. I know I was one of those people that I was like, when I first met you, because like you had one of the prime shows, uh, right there. I lucked uh, into it, baby. That's what happened. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I lucked into that show. And then I lucked into keeping it. You just, know? just to be able to I worked tell hard. people, I worked hard. Just but to be I able to tell people it. that you're gonna do, you're you're doing a show at the House of Blues. I know, man. It was big deal to me it, too. It 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 blows people's minds. A couple people tried to take it from me in the beginning too, and I was like fought tooth and nail to keep yeah. it like there was a couple of fucking comedians who will remain nameless <laughs> on this podcast a couple new orleans comedians yeah. who like reached out and was like hey this fucking dude's new he can't do shit like uh. i can host a show i've been hosting a show a long time and i went to the manager who like hired me and i was like look man they might be better than me but i will work harder for you mm. i will build this show into something you built that well i hope that man it fucking if people didn't show up like i felt it in my gut every every week i was out there yelling until i had to be on stage 
to hopefully get I've, people in I've that room. I've had so many amazing sets over at the House of Blues, whether it was the Big Mama's Lounge or if it was in the back. Like you're a killer, the, though, man. Black. People like you, and it's not, and it, and it doesn't even have to be your material all the time. And I'm gonna, if we can talk about yeah. you for a minute, please. Like, so there's something about you, Kyle, that is that is. Um, I don't know enough words. <laughs> Indelible sure as indelible right word. I get it. I, well, no, I did. I I fucking quit high school. I I googled everything. There's a lot of uh, what is it? Um, googling synonyms to get a better word. Um, you are you're the type of. Here's who I will compare you to, mm-hmm. and it's not in 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 like your material. It's not in your delivery. It's not in anything else other than what I understand about him as a performer. Sinbad, I've heard, never writes anything down. Never, what? never makes, never makes up bits. Never like, and it's, it may be something he does for specials, like he builds up a set. But yeah. what I've heard about Sinbad, the performer as a comedian, is he just goes up on stage with the mic and starts fucking talking. What? And like because of because he knows who he is right. as a person. He knows what he's capable of, what his mind's capable of, what his mind is capable of, mm-hmm. um, that he can go up there with little to nothing, and that just, he gets the ball rolling. And he's got, he, people love him already, yeah. too. But, like, he's the, I guess, and that is how I see you. Not that you go up unprepared, not yeah. that you go, but you go up I'll with an energy. That. You go up with a, um, a, uh, a sense of looseness and, like, a sense of, like, Let's see what we're doing tonight. Let's yeah. see where we're going to go tonight. Yeah. It's not let's see where I'm going to take you. It's Mm-mm. not let's see what I'm going to show you or what I'm going to do to you. Let's see where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So, And you don't say it. It's just how you carry yourself on stage. Yeah. that's So it doesn't matter if you kill because people like you. Yeah. It's, it's, and if you kill, they fucking love you. Yeah. But if you don't kill or even if you do shit, like I've seen you not do great and i've seen you do (laughs) fucking amazing and you've seen me fucking eat shit and fucking like that's every comedian i've seen you do not great and i've seen you do fucking blow the doors off the place and even when you do not great people remember you people come up and talk to you because and they still like you they're still quiet for you and listening to you it's a lovable energy so yeah exactly so if you don't get the 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 laugh when you want you adjust that, and I've seen you do that because I've seen you so many times. Yeah. You adjust that part, but they still listen. They yeah. still fucking pay attention when you get up there. And that's a thing that that's hard. Like some people have to like work for that. There's some people who go up there and they're they're amazing comedians, but they have no command. They have mm-hmm. to like build to a like get people to like them. Yeah. You come up there and people like you because of the energy. And like the first few words out of your mouth, like usually just hooks them yeah and then if you're killing they're just like yeah that, that was fucking, my, and i mean when i first started you're delightful that, I, I i i read that immediately when i first started because i would come up and i would i understood who i was and me being i'm not i don't seem aggressive so every time i would go up i'd be like ha Mm-hmm. What's up, you guys? I got it because uh-huh. you know the mic used it would be too high or something I know, like that. Dude, and using that bit is so good to, though oh, too. And, and that 
that's what helped me out. It diffuses them. Yes. It diffuses everything. And I read that immediately. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this gets people on my side yeah. because they feel for me now. Yeah. And so the it's like, dude okay, didn't lower good. the mic stand for yeah. him. He knows that guy. Right. Yeah. And, know, and I'm like, and this happens every night. And I'm glad that he continues to do this because it, it helps me get it. Because every time I start something, no matter what it is, no matter where I'm at, I always get very nervous just because I'm like, all right, there's so many things that's you running through my head. Right? Oh. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Still? Yeah. It's weird. Even well practiced? Like Yeah. Like even with poetry now, because poetry is verbatim. And so when I before I go do ver, uh before I go do poetry, I look at my watch mm-hmm. and like it, it tells me it tells me my my, uh, my beats per minute of my heart, my heart rate. And I remember one time I was sitting down, which I probably shouldn't sit down before I get on stage, like because it's like I had a Red Bull or something like that, mm-hmm. and it is it is my, I'm I'm going a mile a minute, and like I'm sweating and shit, and I'm you like, smoke weed? Uh, yeah, but this is my sober October at this moment. Oh, okay. so but at, at those times, yeah, I would smoke, you know, drink it's New Orleans. We always fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So I, being out there in Texas, going on stage, I, I thought this, I thought it wouldn't be. Uh, such a a big deal, but still, I I still want to give a good performance. So, I know I don't want to mess up. So I'm always like fluttered, just just boom 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 before I get on there. And then once I hit the mic, everything just disappears, yeah, and then right. I become that person. But until then, I'm scared shitless. That's I weird. These huh? three times before I go up on stage, yeah, it's it is what, strange. I used to do this thing, and maybe you did too, like. And I, I've heard a few other people, or I've heard other people talk about it, but like, and this is before the pandemic and shit, but mm-hmm. like, you know, you go up on stage, and you got a cough or a sniffle or something like that. Yeah. But like, as soon as you grab that mic, like your head clears or your yeah. stomach cramps go away or whatever. Yeah. And you're just in like this performance zone. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Like a little I love zen that. mode. Mm-hmm. I, I, in. I wish I could apply that to other things in my life. I can't. I like, can't it either. It's it just a fucking that. stage. Uh-uh. And the first stage I ever got on, I like cried myself off. So it's like weird <laughs> that I like ever got back on because I'm a guy who will give up real easy. You know, there's, there's certain things that I have done. Like I've ran off stage. Uh, I've yelled. I've, I've forgot my entire set. And I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. But it was always to the point to where I'm like, all right, this is only going to happen one time. I'm never going to do this again. And it, I've corrected those mistakes from from that those from that point on, but I've, I it's something that I will never ever forget because that's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. That's a strange feeling to come up in front of somebody thinking that you got something, even though you know they don't they don't they can't do what you're doing because no. they they won't uh, they won't they they the their nerves won't allow them to get up on stage to do something that you're doing. So already just being in front of that mic, you are already ahead of the game. Yeah. And I've been as far as like years, courage. Yes. And, being yeah, yeah. Years into doing this. Now I've learned this because other people I talk to, I'll tell them, you know, I, hey, yeah, I, I do comedy. I'm like, Oh my God. I know, you right? do comedy? I'm like, it's not it fucking weird. AIDS. Yeah, no. like, Why are you scared? I could never. Yeah, I could yeah, never. No. I'm like, you sh- I mean it's it's not difficult you know you talking to me and I don't really yeah. know you and people are like no man it's just you know being in front of those people like that and being funny and say- I'm like all right I get it you know so just just to be getting up on that stage and having a premise that's like half that that's like a quarter of the battle right there and but then also getting the laughs and then having somebody agree or just having somebody side with with your with what you're saying 
you know that that's where the completion happens that's what that's what makes a comic that's that's our drug that gets us addicted oh, yeah. like especially once once we know that we have something that people are actually going to be attentive and, and really want to know more like the you you bring the curiosity out of people whenever you start talking and you know people like oh what else is he going to say and like why does his mind take him there and it's so interesting that that the 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 feeling and the energy that you can give to other people once you get on stage and i've noticed that after a while i'm like okay cool so once i get there once i get up on stage and everybody is comfortable with me and then i go into my thing and then i bring people into my world and then like we just call it an adventure and it it takes a minute to get there but once you get there like it feels really good and your show in the beginning your show was that show that everybody wanted to be on like like I said, I know you don't like it, but you were the gatekeeper at a certain point. <laughs> like because I remember when I first met you, you was like, I will I, say I, this, <laughs> and I, I I will stand by this to this day, mm-hmm. and and I did I I never wanted to put on a bad show, right? Like, and I never wanted to put anybody on my show who I thought would not be able to entertain the people who I was working so hard to get in. Yeah. So like the audience, even though I don't want to say the audience was the most important thing to me, having listeners for comedians, mm-hmm. that's a that's the thing. Like so yes. one of the big guys comes to town. You know, one of the, the Comedy Central guys or whatever comes to town. Yeah. What I wanted more than anything was asses and seats for them. Right. That's what I wanted. Asses and seats for me, asses and seats for them, asses and seats for the comics who I book on the show. Mm-hmm. And if I book you on the show, I don't want you don't have to post about it on Facebook. You right. don't have to go out and <sighs> you don't have to pass out flyers. I don't want you to do that. I want no, you to Leon. come out. I want oh. you to come out and I want you to do your fucking hot ten minutes and yes. I want you to do it as hard as you can for these people. That I, I worked really hard to get into this room. And people don't see that nowadays. But, and, and I was arrogant about it a lot of times. Very time. much so. Um, and maybe in a way because... It was an arrogance that was needed at the time. I don't know if it was needed. I think my models for who I was basing... You know, we all come into comedy cold. Yeah. Like, we all come in... Nobody like, tells us. There's, there's yeah, no, no there's guideline no, for dude, this. Dude, the first open mic I went up to, and I'm not going to say who the host was, but <laughs> I went up to him after I signed up, and I was like, hey, I have this much time that I was working on, and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I don't know, you know. And I was nice. I was like, yeah. this is how much time I have. I don't know how much time you guys. And he was like, we do this much time. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I went, and I sat down, and I started writing by hand, like, how much of it I thought would fill that time. Because yeah. I had way more than that. Yes. You know what I mean? Same thing with me first. And I had, so, but I didn't know. You don't fucking do that. You go knows. to an open mic. You mm-hmm. sign up. Right. It's this amount of time. You either know that ahead of time, or they tell you that. But I didn't know that. I, did, I only knew that you go and sign up for an open mic. I've done... Music open mics before, which go way too long. People get to do like three songs or fifteen yeah. minutes. You're like, dude, you're these there people do not need to be on stage <laughs> yeah. for fifteen minutes. Oh. Like three minutes to five minutes yeah. is a lot. a lot, you know, especially for an an, a an new open person. mic. Yeah, yeah, a new person. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, somebody that doesn't know a sense of time. So, I think what I was getting at is like, I just I wanted to put on the best show possible. 
I wanted, and and I went about it the wrong way sometimes, or I was harder on people than I should have been. It curated the best out of the comics. I though. wanted to. I wanted to curate, but I also wanted to provide a stage and a freedom for the best comics in New Orleans. Yeah, like because you can't go to Carrollton and and get fifteen minutes. You can't no. go to any of the mics and, and most of the shows are like seven minutes, 10 minutes, you know, if or seven to eight minutes, but if you can do mm-hmm. like solid 10, solid 15, even 30 minutes, or if you want to do your hour here, yeah. if you're like one of those ones who's like coming out all the time and we, you're like, you're always doing the show. You're like, I want to do an hour and uh, I will set it up. I will, I will book it for you. Who do you want to open for you? Who mm-hmm. do you want to feature for you? You want me to host? I don't have to host. DC like, did his half hour at the, <clears throat> at the House of Blues. Yeah, like I I, would, I love doing that and I love being that for people. But I also know that in some instances, and I can think of a couple people offhand, in some instances I was more negative or more uh, um, fucking controlling of yeah. what I the show and, and then took offense to shit and was like well fuck them it you was, know see, it, it, I you it wasn't I just assumed this is because so you, fucking niche I don't think anybody's th- gonna oh, if no, you no, have no, other people who listen to this, this outside of New Orleans comedy they're not gonna fucking give a shit oh no no they definitely love it they de- because this is this is what I grew up in like this is what makes this is what made a New Orleans comedian a New Orleans comedian. Like you, if you once you got like the House of Blues was the show that we tried to get on. Like everybody wanted to be on the House of Blues show. Like you go ahead and you do your little sets at Carrollton and at Twelve Mile. But and- Carrollton was the first place. Like I waited every week to go to Carrollton. It was the only decent show in yes. the city. Like yes. it was the only and it was open, open mic, mic but right. it was like a show because it was fucking packed every week. I right. treat everything. If I'm in front of an audience, I treat it like a show. That was you my know first, what I mean? That was I, would I did, do, I did open mic and I treated it like an open mic. I would do new shit, but like if it was a hot audience and I had a new bit that I wasn't like entirely sure you that I do even... It? Sometimes yeah. I would uh, if I was like sometimes I would and I would slip it in there. Yeah. But like if it was like a hot show and I I do a couple of good things to like keep yeah. the audience going. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that doing good, you know, like Yeah, that I that, didn't always use it as a true open mic, but oh, because it wasn't always a true open I, mic. That's it was what such I a thought big open deal. mics would be though. That's what I thought open mics were supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, they're not. I I get you yeah, don't know no. that. No, you, you don't, don't you know go that in New Orleans. places and no. it's like what, uh, the other comedians? Do you don't you don't have a random crowd in here? What's going on? You're like, like how do you even write a fucking joke yeah, without anybody you, laughing? Exce- yeah. Oh my god! I when I got out to L.A., I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what? How do you how do you get make it big in L.A. if this is what y'all are performing in I front know. of? Everybody is a comic here, and everybody's doing dumb shit, and I don't care to see them. And most of y'all are thieves out here. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like that." bothered the shit out of me and I understood like if people want to fucking grow in comedy that the New Orleans scene was the shit and I, I always mention this to that people, is and true, I've talked dude. about you can this get a lot, lot of stage you time, can get real especially strong out here like when I I don't want to say the heyday because there's a heyday now like it's there there's a heyday for every generation yeah, of true in when I was going up all the time like when I first started it was it was Carrollton every week, just yeah. every Wednesday, and yep. they had a Friday every other week mm-hmm. uh, somewhere on Frenchman. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, to, um, La Nuit. La, La Nuit. Nuit. That was Jackie Jenkins. And that was no, my... no, no. Okay, not La Nuit. The, what's the what's the, the other, other bar that's upstairs that had the oh, upstairs on uh, Frenchman? That was it. 
That was line, that line was the one, yeah, upstairs. And then they had the other bar next to it. Okay. It's called the other bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And so, yes. And that was it. That was yes, it. That every was Every week. And then, so, like, I would wait a week between Wednesday and Wednesday if they didn't have a Friday night, you know? And then, after a while, I got a mic on a Tuesday and a show on a Thursday. And those were, like, the that three the di- weekly yes. shows. Carrollton, those two shows. And I prided myself on being that and providing another open mic and a a feature feature show show. um yeah dude i took a lot of pride in that and i took sometimes too much us as us as a comic coming up from new orleans that was the thing that was the thing you go you do the tuesday you do the wednesday this feels so weird to talk about this like this it's like but this is our history though this is the history of the city and you that's why i called you the godfather of this because you are the one that put it in my head like don't come here with no bullshit like you didn't tell me that but that's what my general demeanor was that person good great exactly. wonderful i'm so exactly. glad exactly i know that there were so many people that came in it's like man he's an asshole yeah, i'm like he fucking is. no 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 he not an asshole he just making sure that you don't come in here with no bullshit he's a little bit of an this, asshole too though yeah, like he was yeah. a fucking that was the first thing i said when i first met you he was like yo are you recording this for you or are you recording this for somebody else i'm a don't, motherfucker there's no recording this i was like oh he wanted me to record this he's like oh okay and uh, i was like damn this nigga's a dick man yeah i'm a but motherfucker but i, I, I understand I kept, that. I kept audience members from recording people's yes. shit. Yes. And uh Yes, you were you were the that. yonder bags before the yonder bags. You know, he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, no recording. No, we yeah, put your phones away, just sit back and listen. And you had you had the House of Blues. And the House of Blues I lucked into always it. had <laughs> motherfuckers there. Well, like, it took that a long is, time. Dude, in the beginning it didn't. In the beginning, it was yeah. a very, it was very fucking. Uh, there was not a lot of people. It had good nights. We had good yeah. nights, but like, man, I remember fucking. I remember like I, I busted my like every week walking from House of Blues, all the way to fucking Frenchman, up to fucking Bourbon. Oh my goodness! Down around back, all the way to fucking <laughs> Canal, and then back up to. House of Blues with flyers in my hand and every person I walk yes. past like free comedy show, free comedy show, free Barking. comedy show. Come on. And this is and like handing them out. Like I figured out you have to hold it out first before you say anything. You gotta get grab that it. foot traffic, man. So that's walking around the city. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was standing in front of the fucking door screaming to people like I was begging people to come and see this show. And then when they came and they sat down, I wanted to give them the best fucking right. show. Whether it was an open mic or not. Like yep. Tuesdays, I wanted to be just as good. Now more people got to go up on Tuesdays. Man, I feel so stupid talking about this shit. <sighs> it's so good. But like, dude, I was so passionate about it. And I, I fucking cared that's what so made much. Us, that's what made us continue. That's what made us keep going. I remember that's where I, I, I met Kamari there the better, first time. Though. I met I Kamari at your, at your show the Kamari. first time. Yeah, I miss and, Kamari. And that, that, that's where like that's where everything comes that's where friendships were made that's where beefs were made camaraderies like I, I remember seeing the first fight there outside the front of that show when a dude got hit in the nuts like over six times and uh, now <laughs> you, 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 I, think I don't remember that <laughs> you might not remember I it do remember a, having to like toss that, a few folks yeah, out from time uh, to time it, it, it was it was such a good time. The memories that you can that we've made at the House Blues. I made a lot of memories. I forgot a lot of memories uh, too, though. There, I, it, it, I drank a lot those, of memories I, away there. That's the one, though. You, we know. couldn't help that. We I couldn't know. help that. Not that's like the vault. Um, the 
the the sets that you were talking about earlier that when you, when you listen to my podcast the the sets that I have most of them are from the House of Blues oh, yeah. like the good ones yeah. the good ones where I put yeah most of them are from the House of Blues because I understood like I can't come here with no bullshit like I, I can't I, I I didn't want to. I, like this that, wasn't the place for me. Like that oh, warms my heart. <laughs> certain places you can go to, and it's like, all right, I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna try that out. But I'm trying this out, so when I do get booked on the House Blues, I'm ready. I wanted, I wanted the comics to come in, and and like I said, maybe I didn't do it right all the time. But I wanted, like I said, the comics to come in. I don't care if you promote it online. I don't care if you fucking share it with people. I don't care if you bring people. I I just want the only reason I booked you is because you are one of the funniest people that I've mm. seen in this city. You're you're easy to get along with, or yeah. at least you you're you're not shitty directly to me. <laughs> uh, so we have an understanding. You're funny, and we don't have a problem. I want you to do my show as much as possible. Yeah. You know. Um, because I, I, I see the way the audience reacts. Like there were several people, and you were one of them. Who I always, who I would say, like whenever you fucking text me if you want to come mm -hmm. up and do a thing, like I'll throw you up. Like, yeah. Um, because there were people who you could just throw up whenever, right. and, and they would be ready. Yeah, they and, would be and ready. And if you did, and that, and that was perfect too. Because if you did have like somebody on the show who wasn't. As solid or whatever, you could be like, "Hey, Kyle, I'm gonna throw you up next." Okay, I'm where ready. you do yeah. like five, ten, gotcha. you know? And, I got you. Yeah, and yeah, that would know. be. Yeah, that's I, what I like, we needed. We I needed like, that, and that you don't. I had. A, I wanted to maintain a level of of entertainment for the audience, where they would tell their friend if they went back to Missouri and was like, "Hey, y'all are going to New Orleans." There's Make this sure fucking you go free here. comedy show yes. every Thursday night. They have like people pop in. The place is always the. The host is real affable. Yeah. He has this dude, Kyle, who comes in and does half poetry, half comedy. <laughs> you like, don't get you know, that I wanted anymore. people to talk about I miss, it. You miss, you, there's certain things that you miss about how the scene was, which is now they, they have it. That and, might be you some know, old man shit, though. It is. It is. It's a very old man <laughs> shit. Think, and I'm like, fuck I that. I, I, wish now, would, I wanted to go back like it was. Like, to where <laughs> you don't have to fucking, oh, you need to promote and you need to bring people. No, nah, fuck that, man. The foot traffic going to come. Once you build it, they going to come in. And that's that's what it was. Like, we didn't have to worry about anything besides our jokes. Nowadays, motherfuckers is like, oh, you need to put it up. You need to make sure people come. And if you come, make sure you bring in like at least three people. And then, like in Texas, ooh, it pisses me the bringers. fuck off. Oh, it's not even the thing that is bringers. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh man, yeah, we gonna sell these VIP seats and shit. And then you know, it's gonna be twenty dollars at the door. And it's like, uh, uh, what? Twenty dollars? <laughs> twenty dollars on a Thursday, motherfucker? <laughs> Are you serious? And then you start after nine? Hold on, this don't make no sense. Like, why? Why are you charging so much for a show? You expecting me to bring the people here? I'm the talent. I shouldn't have to bring nobody. Yeah. I should just come with my talent. Mm -hmm. And then so I show up at these shows where you expecting that you know because it's twenty dollars a head, there ain't nobody gonna be in there. there ain't nobody in that motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like, so what am I doing? Like, and then. You're not gonna pay me neither. Like you, you charging people twenty dollars to come in here. There ain't nobody in here, but I get it. Like, but you still you fill the place with vendors and shit, and these vendors have to pay to go ahead and be at your show. So this is how you get money. So it doesn't even matter if there's people in here or not for these comics to be seen. Yeah, you just worried about yourself getting paid, and I'm like, that's fucking selfish. Yeah, and I want things to that's go. Some but promoter it's promoter shit. That's very not, much so. That's and, not producer and, shit. And I, that's what I miss. I yeah. miss. I miss not having to worry 
about that. I miss just being the talent and then the promoter doing what they do. You know? That's the thing, though. In New Orleans, like, I wanted to do that, too. Like, I wanted to just, like, show up places. And I got, like, after I had a decent show and, like, I mean, obviously I got pretty good on stage. But after I had a good show that was, like, leverage where then people would book you more or right. out of town or whatever you get like something like yeah. oh, come do house of blues i mean do your show whatever you know um fuck i forgot where i was going with that you wanted to be you wanted to be the promoter. oh yeah i mm-hmm. wanted to i want i wanted to everybody wants that like mm-hmm. you go you you show up at the venue a few minutes before you have to go on, maybe a half an hour, you hang out in the green room for a minute, go Good over times. your set, you know, yeah. people are filling in or they're already filled in, they haven't seen you yet, there's like an anticipation. Yeah. Whether they know you or not, there's an anticipation from a crowd. Like, it doesn't have to be my crowd. That's the thing, too. Like, I would love to have my crowd, but like, give me a crowd. Yeah, yep. Give me That's a it. crowd. I will, I will do my best. That. I won't say that I will get them all the time, right. but I will I will work my ass off. You to always get them. had that. And um, that was amazing. So that's what I, that's, so if I couldn't show up and do that, if I could offer that, and then I get to, I get the spoils of that too. I barked all these people in, and then I get to go up and do my set beforehand or, or like calm them down. I always considered my set as like, like before a sitcom, how a comedian goes up and like warms up the audience. Yes. And then the show starts. Yes. Like I'm just, I'm, uh, yes, I am a comedian. Yes, I am here to entertain you, but I am here to entertain you to, to the point where you're ready to be entertained. Right. Like I'm going to bring you up from zero to ready to like rock and roll and then, or rap or country or whatever your preference for music is. I wanted you to be at a point where when the first comedian came up, they were coming up. They were ready. Yeah, the audience, the audience was, was they, so ready. They were walking up halfway through an applause already. Yes. You know, like, oh. even if it was like, I have to generate it. I got to get these people into. <sighs> and if you get people into the mood and you got a good performer, comedian, musician mm-hmm. coming up after they're already brought up. It just stays so like that, man. It I heard so like much that. from watching you. And I think that's one of the reasons why comedy poetry came out, because you used to come out with a guitar. And I was like, Ooh. That was a diffusing method. That, yeah, if you do Ooh. something that they're not expecting. I know yes. it's like cheesy, but like I can Shut sing a little up. bit. And they're like, oh, shit, this fucking comedian can kind of sing. Yeah. And it, if it's a little funny, they're like, oh, that's a little funny. You yeah. know, it might be a little cheesy, it but brought we're, everybody we're taking in. off guard. Everybody yeah. was one as soon as you did that. put the fucking guitar down, and then I can go into a couple of jokes, and then I can bring up a comedian. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was like, if I have to bring out the guitar to shut you up so I can tell my jokes, right. then I will do that. I will diffuse you with this music. And we're at the House of Blues. Yeah. It's like, you could tie it all in. Yeah, that, but that was the thing that we needed to do, just because, like, it's just I feel gross talking about myself. Oh, like no. Right now, it is perfect. It is because, so weird like, this, to talk this, about this. That's where, that's where most of our, like, our chops came from because they're still drunk assholes that are coming in. Like it didn't Enough. matter. You know, they came for the show, but it was a free show. Yeah. And they came in and they're like, yo, this was really good. And you brought them to that point. And you were the, that's always I was like, man, Leon always does this every week. You always get them in. And it's like I, I this is a I would always get nervous. Just because and I'm like, I don't know how he does this. I, that's because I get, them, I get nervous every week. I would get nervous that people it would hit seven o'clock, you know, or whatever the time the show was around supposed to start and not enough people were in yet. And like I would just like that thing in my stomach. I was like, OK, it's going to be another fucking 
light night, you know? Um, and then, like, people would come in. Trickle and, like, towards in. the end, like, it was, like, I was still out there every day, like, barking. But I felt, it, at that point, it felt like more of, like, a like a spiritual thing I have to do. Like, I have to go and hand out the flyers before mm-hmm. the show. I have to bark until showtime. Or it doesn't work. This, but this like is a, the like city a, for that. Like a like a magic thing, yeah. you know, like uh, like wearing the same. Like if I didn't, if I if I, because it would it would feel like that. If I like, I don't feel like barking out there right now. Yeah. Like nobody would fucking come in. This, you know, this was the city for that because you can get a lot of foot traffic because not everything's so far. Not everything, is, you know. There's people can come from this bar, then go to that bar, then walk into that. And most of the time, like the people that we did come that did come into the show were just passerbyers. Yeah, there was no built-in audience. Yeah. That's the thing. It was like you could do you could do the same set every week, Kyle. You could come back, and it's always going to be somebody and, different. And nobody, yeah. And the House of Blues was a place to where you would get people from all over the world. That was cool, man. It all was like doing over. a it was like doing a, a comedy room. Yeah, it was like doing a room in New York or something like that, or like Carolines or something. Where you just got a bunch of people from all over. They're just coming to see comedy because they saw comedy, yeah. or somebody was screaming at them, "Comedy, right, comedy!" comedy. <laughs> uh, and they, but like, uh, yeah, it, that was the best, dude. I miss that so much because it was like it was like building an audience. Now I will. I have no fans from that. Like I don't those <laughs> that ten years of like building a room and, and being affable right. with like the people who are sticking around and talking to people afterward. Yeah. You know, like not the comedians, that's the fun part, but like, you know, like audience members and stuff. Like there's nobody who like took my email. There's nobody who's like reached out and be like, Oh, you finished a book, bro? I remember your fucking joke. Like nobody's bit like it was it was like new people every week. They fucking forgot about me as soon as they walked out the fucking door. Yeah. And then, you know, if they ever came back to New Orleans, they would be like, oh, fuck, I do remember going to a you comedy show. Like, yeah. you, all right, you're that same dude. You look yeah. different. Yeah, I have people that come up to me and like, man, did, you, did a, you did a show at House of Blues one day? I'm like, yeah, that was me. Oh, man, I remember that, man. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, so things stand out. Like, to I've be never had to, anybody uh, recognize me from anything. What? Well, from TV. Oh. Uh, the thing on, I, I had this, like, when I was, uh, when I was working at House of Blues, I had this, there was this like um, NOTV that would come oh. in and they play in the um, the hotels around oh, the really? city. So I would get people who would come in and be like, are you the guy from the fucking, <laughs> from your hotel room? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was it. That's it was amazing. the lamest like uh, celebrity yeah. feeling. I was like, yeah, Man, that was me. I, Did some it, stupid yeah, commercials. We can, we can only, we can only like, really just think about the past you can only embellish on the past for so long before it's just like hell some good times i wish you could come back but it's it, I, I mean don't. no no i don't want it back I, I, I mean i want my a youth back i want <laughs> i want those 10 years back to do them um, to do the same thing better but, ah, I feel like you. that's what i would want to do i'd want to do everything more efficiently and kinder and with uh, a more open heart. But that's my okay. whole life, man. I've been a fucking well, see, this is, close, this is why we, negative we, person. This is why I, I talk to people like this, just so that when they when they do hear this, this is like that's why I call it tell me a joke, the guideline of chasing the dream. Because there ain't no guideline to this, but if somebody can hear what we went through to get where we're at, they can use this as a staple and be like, oh, Okay, so this is how you should go about this. And this is what 
helps build a good show. This is what helps bring a good audience. This is what a good host is. And so being able to talk to people about our past helps the future of this, of comedy. And so, you know, I know that now that I do this podcast, I'm two years in, almost three years in, I, there's no stopping this now. Hey, yeah. hey, ain't no stopping. Like, I got to continue to do this. Just like comedy. Once you get it in your head, like, there, it, unless, unless you done with it, they ain't no really stopping. Like, no. there's no, like, no, that's I, what I, I, that's what I gotta continue. That's yeah. what tonight is. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like really, I really want to go up tonight. Like, I'm getting those same old feelings of like. It feels good. Like, I want, I want to keep going up. Like, yeah. I'm going to go up more, especially because I got this book and I got to fucking promote it and shit. Definitely. But like, I w- like, I'm like, I'm going back through my material and shit. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking old. That's fucking stupid. Oh, that's fucking. I say fucking too much in that. Like, you know, I'm like going through stuff. I'm like, man, I could do this. I could still do this. Yeah, and I can, dude, it's like getting on a so, bike, man. But he, so what you were saying that made me think of this is like, you're just adding shit to your palate. Yes. You know, and for for most of my life, I was like, I'm a musician. And then when that fucking dried up. I didn't know what I was. And I was like, well, I'm an actor. And I fucking did a movie that was fucking terrible. And I'll never tell anybody the name of it <laughs> or anything. And then I, but because it was so bad, I wrote a movie. And we filmed three days of that before that fell apart. <laughs> but like, and I won't tell people the name of that because it's fucking stupid. Somebody like, going to find it, Leon. And then after that is when I started doing stand up. And so I've just gone, I was a musician. No, I'm not. Now I'm an actor. No, I'm not. I'm a, mu- I'm a comedian. No, I'm not. I'm a writer. Now I'm, I'm just, I am, I, I'm an at 42 years old, I am Leon. And I have all these <laughs> skills that are not good skills for getting a high paying job. But as far as being creative, like I can, I can write a book. I can do the graphics for the book. I can write a song about the book if I want to. You know, Boom. I can do stand up to promote the book. Your I whole can, little color like, wheel comes yeah, together. So, yeah, so I got the fucking yeah, I'm fucking Bob Ross and I got the palette Fuck in my yeah. hand now. And that's all that shit is the the writing and all that stuff is in my hand. And I got this blank canvas in front of me and I can use whatever I want to on this canvas now. I don't have to just do comedy. It I don't sucks have to just that do it music. takes so long to find that. I know, dude. Man. But once you find it, it's I'll like that ah, soon. Yes, this is it. This uh-huh. is what I this is what I need to be doing. Like I just consider myself as an entertainer now because mm. I don't know what to put on. Yeah, yeah. What I don't the wanna, fuck I do? Yeah. It's just like I, I like entertaining entertain. people. That's what I yeah. want. to When I go up, I do want everybody to like me. I don't want to push boundaries. Yeah. I mean, I want to push boundaries if it's part of what I'm trying to do. Right. But it's like I want you to like it. Like, yes. I don't want it to offend you. Or if it offends you, I want it to offend you in a way where you like think about it and then change. I, yeah, want, I want you, you to, to like be mad me. At me. Yeah. yeah, I want you to like me. I want you to like what I'm doing. I want you to love it. Yeah, I want I, you to go out of here and buy my book afterward. Like you're like that dude was so funny. I'm gonna go buy his I'm stupid go monster book. book you and know? your book is named uh, High Moon. All right, where did you come with that name from? It's a it's a pun on uh, there's an old uh, western called High Noon. High Noon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with uh, who's that? I can't remember. Fucking Gary Cooper, and uh, I think it's Gary Cooper, and. Um, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Shanghai Nights. <laughs> I was going to go with Shanghai Nights. I was like, ah, I think that's a fucking Jackie Chan Jackie movie. Jackie Chan and Steve-O. Uh, so, yeah, it's Steve-O. just a pun. It's a pun on Johnny that because it's a Western. And so, it's a uh, horror. So, so what, what got you into wanting to write this book? Oh, man, I wanted to write a book. I've written, I've written so many like first pages of books 
in my mm-hmm. notebooks and stuff like mm-hmm. start because I start a story from the beginning that's where it hits me like and sometimes I'll get like a whole like plot idea but I can't like outline or anything like that I've never been able to like write an outline for a story and then yeah. execute that outline uh, so what I discovered while I was writing this is that I am what they call a you- discovery writer mm-hmm. as I'm writing I figure out what I'm doing and uh-huh. I just figured out if I so if I'm writing to the end of what I'm trying to say for that scene or that thing, it's much easier for me. Than- I uh, uh, I tried to write a book. Uh, not not no. I, I lie. I didn't try to write a book. All right, there was this thing that I wanted to do because I'm a big fan of LeBar Burton and I wanted to uh, read my own little passages because he has a podcast called LeBar Burton Reads where he takes yeah. little passages or little excerpts from stories, little short stories. Did you ever watch Kamari's? You better, you better read. read. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and love this, is, this is another reason. <laughs> this is another reason why I wanted to continue this. And I was like, okay, well, all right, I like to write and I like to write crazy things. So what if I become my own LeVar Burton type of person and I read my own little short stories that I, 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 I Dude, write? that would be great. Yeah. Okay. So I did, right? I wrote a few short stories and then I gave them to somebody that reads like Kamari and he was like, <laughs> all right, no, this ain't, this ain't no really short story and then you just you just was Kyle on the page and I'm like oh basically it is it it, it I I don't have a structure because I don't I, you know I'm, I'm not a person that reads or anything so to to put something down to where it it's a story form it doesn't sound like that at all it's not nothing it's not nothing of the no sort it's, no it's just me spewing off some fucking crazy shit but i mean your your comedy has narratives yeah i mean your poetry has narratives yeah i mean it does it is i don't know the word for it i want to say esoteric but i don't know if i don't think that's we can look that up later yeah we'll look that up later (laughs) i don't know a lot of words man i gotta be honest with you but like you know especially when you're doing your poetry you do you reach for that that rhyme uh in the pattern but it's like and it takes it off on another course. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I always wanted to ask you, is that is that an intention? Are you just trying to get something that rhymes? Or are you trying oh, to take it no. somewhere? It is difficult because I don't uh, – usually what I do – That's a constraint that I could not work under. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, uh, it – it, I, I really have to sit down and rack my brain whenever it comes to certain things. Sometimes they flow. Sometimes it's really difficult because I don't want it to come out and be like, oh, the next thing he going to say is this. Because it is rhyme, but like I was really, I was pretty good at English. So slant rhymes, iambic pentameters, and fucking, and, uh, you know, being able to A, B, B, A, B, C, yeah. shit like that. I, I take that into consideration every time I write something. So I don't want to, I want to. See, I wish I, I could. I like I never got I mean I remember A B A B I like yeah. I remember all that but I couldn't tell you what iambic pentameter is I I remember learning it right but like so I never wanted to be so, the same thing I know that's what I love about your stuff and I, I like I don't listen to a, a ton of poetry but mm-hmm. I I consider myself pretty well versed in like cultural things I like it um I like that you're I love a Maybe that's just a musician and drummer in me too. I like when the beat or the the um, the rhyme is not consistent. Yeah, you, yeah. It, it's still a rhyming beat pattern. You see, uh, but it's but your patterns change and they change 
because this was is coming all, from a music background. I didn't know I where this. you were going. Yeah. And that the misdirection. That's what I liked was not knowing. Yeah. I can guess what yeah. somebody's going to say in a song. Exactly. Or, you know, when they have to hit a certain. And I never wanted to do that. I never. So because, good, and, and people always ask me, why don't you put yours to a beat? Because I'm like, it's never going to be the same thing. It's always going to be me saying the same words. But me being a comic going into poetry, I take the comedy aspect and I take it to the poetry. So I can slow things down. Da 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 da. And then, ah, and then, boop, boop, yeah, boop, you're boop, still considering like the audience's reaction. Yeah. Whereas most poetry is Pauses, like at you, right? Whereas your poetry is when it's in comedy, is I, 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 still... I, I, I pause for laugh breaks, mm-hmm. I let people, I let it sit on things, I let certain things sit. And being, being a comic, being versed in the comedy, doing the poetry, and then presenting like comedy poetry to people, like it, it, it opens people's mind to a whole new realm and it's like oh because most people like what i was telling you earlier like when people come to a poetry show they're always thinking it's gonna be oh we're gonna talk about this it's gonna be that social issues yeah it's gonna be sad and and all that and then i come in and talk about assholes and people like what the fuck just happened and it's like oh my god and then what i love that i do that does happen is when i am talking about like assholes or fucking having sex with somebody's grandmother in mm-hmm. a poem people are like oh my god bars and i'm like yeah, yeah yeah because they they also understand that i put the work into it to where it's just not me spewing out yeah shit. you're not fucking just yeah, goofing it's off. a whole story styling up there and every time somebody's like man i, I definitely i, I want to do that but Nigga, that's hard. I'm like, yeah, it's. I sit down and I. I'd say that's harder than any of it, dude. That's harder than fucking stand up or any of that shit. I'd say that's more akin to fucking writing a book because you're going back over it and over it. You're writing and rewriting. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have to rearrange things because certain things, just like just like with a regular stand-up bit, like oh, this won't work here, but if I take this and I flip this and I put this here, mm-hmm. this works then a it lot works better. Perfect. Yeah. Now I have to remember that I did that because I've been saying it like this for a right. month. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it flows, and to be able to to take those two aspects and bring them together, like it it has really opened a new lane for me, and I it's something that I'm. I'm not going to stop doing now but it's difficult for me to come up with certain things that can reach a broader audience instead of just an adult form like because most of the shit that i do talk about i can't bring it into kids i can't like do it around children and stuff i mean and I, you'd I have would, to write new shit yeah all right which is that something you want to do is perform for kids not necessarily kids but i would like for some of it to be kind of like TV 17, yeah. you know. No, I've been thinking about that, too. Yeah. About when I'm going up and doing stuff now, I'm going right. to drop I, the fucks and all that. Right. Like, they don't need to be there. When I write now, I I, I tend to write out the curse words. I, yeah. I tend not to put the curse words in it. Because if I put if I write the curse words the, in I there, talk then with the curse words, words are there. That, yeah. Exactly. And I don't know if I'll be able so to do I, it without if I, it. if I write without the curse words in there, then I... I take the curse words out, the, like out of my mind. They're not there anymore because now, it's not in what you're trying. Right, to, yeah, no, right. that's smart. And I used to, I used to just 
flow. Just whenever yeah. I'm writing bits or anything like that, however it came out my mouth. Fucking's got a couple of syllables you can fit in anywhere <laughs> to make can't. like. And oh man, this is a funny thing because before I do come on stage, sometimes I give like a little excerpt before I do something. Uh-huh. Uh, I have like a little certain thing that I do, uh, or I explain the poem before I do the poem. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, my bidet. This is a perfect example. Uh, you can't. I explained my bidet about, oh, you need to have a clean asshole. Mm-hmm. Now, you can either say asshole or you can say booty hole. Booty hole's a lot funner. It's a lot funner to say, but asshole's real aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I realized that one show, I said I came out, boom, asshole everywhere. Bang, bang, bang. It was funny. People loved it, but it it brought a different energy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Booty hole's playful. Booty hole is playful. Yeah. And I went Asshole to the next can bo- be a can be it's your boss. It's aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It's aggressive. It is that part of your body, and but it can yes. also be that fucking and person. I noticed that. That dude that hosts the open mic at House of Blues. <laughs> you know? That guy's also a booty hole. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so th- there's the dynamics between the words. And yeah. it's like, man, just if you change a syllable, you know, it... it brings a, a, a sort of nuance to it. Like, the asshole is aggressive, the booty hole is more playful. Mm-hmm. Now, when I use the asshole one, people were like, oh, you get gasped and stuff, but they mm-hmm. were still with it. Uh-huh. You know, oh, you're still funny because, you know, I still have to pour them after that. But when I brought booty hole into the situation, mm-hmm. it was chuckles all around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this made me feel better yeah. on presenting it. And so, I take that into consideration. I'm like, okay, That's stop gorgeous. being as vulgar you don't have to present it as as such an, a rough and aggressive manner you know dial that shit back and yeah. i'm like oh okay but it, it that it, it took a minute to figure that out yeah you gotta like <laughs> retrain take, yourself yeah it takes some time because most of the time i just get out there me myself my personality is the person i'm on stage now basically i found my voice yeah. after all this time i found my voice and i can't turn it off i don't i think this was always the person that i'm supposed to be mm-hmm. so whenever i do interact with other people in crowds People would just be like, "Oh, motherfucker, you funny." And it's like, yeah. "I'm, I'm being serious though. I just, <laughs> I, you know, this is just how I feel about this situation. Since you asked, you know, I go ahead and tell you. And and the, you, as I present my how my thoughts about the certain subject we talk about, people are like, "Bitch, that's a funny take." I'm like, I, th- "Thank you, for, <laughs> you know, finding that funny." But yeah. I'm being serious, and so yeah. you know, that's just me now. And so I can't help but to be that person. So just taking that with me on stage everywhere, it it is it is a joy to live how I'm living now. Yeah. Like it's it's comfortable. You feel you happy? Know? Yeah. Yeah, kind of sorta. Except for well, this kinda is my sorta. sober uh, this is my sober October. So when Why I when you I do first sober start October? I do it every year. Why? To clear the cobwebs. From what? Uh from smoking and drinking too much. Yeah, I mean, I mean but clear them from what? What, what? Uh, just to see what else is there. Okay. Like I, I do like I get the, it. I like the dreams too. The dreams are yeah. very vivid. I can't stop come. smoking, man. And it, no, it's not for everybody, and, and, and it's not a it thing. It keeps to do. me from killing myself. And I think sometimes. It, yes. I never, I never found anything. Like I should have gone to a therapist when I was a kid, <laughs> and I didn't. And the, then one day I found weed in my thirties. That's what. That's and then what. I just kept. And that. I realized that the weed is there to subside or to to nullify. The I do thoughts. forget a lot of shit though. The thought that I have dumb thoughts that pop in my head that mm-hmm. you know if the weed wasn't there, they'd be like, "Hey, remember, remember this shit? 
Remember this? Remember you don't like this? Remember this bullshit? And it's like, oh, I don't want to think about this right now. So the weed and the alcohol suppresses most of those memories and helps me take those memories and turn them into something silly. But whenever that's not there, then I have to deal with those memories on my own, with my own mind. I have to suppress those memories without a substance. So And you feel like once a year? Yeah. That for one a month, month out of the year. Yeah. And just so I can kind of bring things back together and Do you feel better after you do it or do you feel like you've yes, hurt yourself? I feel very healthy right now. And also like I, I this can is, see the it's quitting. only six minutes. It's only been six days six days in and eight days in. It's only been eight days in and mm-hmm. I feel as if I'm on a constant high. Yeah. Yeah. Like coming down here, I felt really high. Like a sober, it's weird. Like, cause I know what high feels like, yeah. And I know that whatever's happening is not is not a normal feeling. Yeah. Like it is a it is a it's weird. I, I've like all the times that I've done sober October, I've never felt this way. But you ever had a runner's high before? No, that's why I don't run. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> people talking about this shit yeah. all the time. I'm like motherfucker, sh- I have never that shit strange. I've never too. gotten far enough. Then I guess because I get tired and in pain. Yeah, too early. But I you guess. know what it's like to be high, though. You I know, do know what you it's know like that to be mental high. state. Yeah. So like I, I've I've felt that running before. Actually, getting a runner's high. And I'm I'd like, run all, I I'd run every What's fucking happening? day. It, it's it's weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. So um, I, I know to, to get into more meditation. Uh, I've heard that too. Getting trying to just. Uh, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I. I tried meditation for a while and uh, I feel like it's real. Like I could get to a place, mm-hmm. but I just have. I can't get there. My, my meditation is not meditation just because my mind is always running. But so yeah. if I do the breathing exercises, if I do breathing exercises, then I can take myself into a, a, yeah. a, a, a state to where it's like. Ooh, yeah. I didn't smoke, but just hey, a little detached. Yeah, no, when I run yeah. out of weed, I'm like, yeah. I guess I gotta try and meditate. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, yeah, that's dude. exactly what it's Either like. I'm like, okay, cool. And I don't want to. Yeah. So how uh, how long did it take you to write this book? Uh, over a, a little over a year. Um, oh. I started just, I just sat down with a notebook and wrote the whole thing out by hand. Wow. Like starting from page one. To the end of the story, I just wrote it. Like every morning, I would wake up, I'd make some coffee. Mm. I'd go uh, on the porch, I'd drink the coffee, have my notebook, smoke a little, and then I'd just write until the kids woke up for school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, which would be a couple hours later, I'd get up, you know, <laughs> and then right. uh, and I'd, I'd bring them to school and all that. Um, and then I'd go back and I'd write for a couple more hours and then I just did that every day. I made myself sit down and do it. Yeah. It's, and it's, once I started writing for the day, because I already, I knew where I was. Right. And if I ended up going somewhere that I didn't like, there was no stakes, you know, yeah. like with comedy, it was like, I gotta do this. I gotta be good this <clears> night because <throat> somebody might see me and they might know somebody. Like, yeah. I gotta be good. I gotta do the best I can. There was no stakes with this. There was no like... There's no intentions of of any sort of like um, prosperity or or fame or anything mm-hmm. from doing this. It was literally like a stupid cowboy 
monster story that was just in my head for a few months and like i just kept thinking about it and i was like i just gonna i'm gonna write it down this is gonna be those this is gonna be this thing that i write to completion is what i said and i said that because it was like because it, i like the story yeah because what was going on in my head i was like i think this is fun and awesome and i am going it was the first time in my life that i i really wrote something for me and they say that kind of shit all the time like, mm -hmm. but when i was doing stand-up i was writing for me yes but i was also writing to be the funniest comedian who went up on the stage that night do you have the characters drawn i don't have them drawn i have um i have images i have uh edited things and then i have like some um some like artwork that i've kind of just curated off the internet yeah. to, while i was working on the story to like Give, give myself some, an like, image a of what it style, is. Uh, yeah, yeah, what I wanted to maintain with it. Um, so I, they're very, they're very solid in my head. Like I, I spent a, a long time with these characters and am, am very much in love with them. Like, there's, oh, yeah, I don't want to get into all that. It's so stupid and so yeah, no, yeah, it's no, fun because I, I'm very much the, in the, love with my characters. The, the 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 story that I tried to start writing that I wanted to do with the, the LeVar Burton Reads thing, and it is a story that uh, I know the one that comes to my mind is it was a futuristic world to where uh, if humans and aliens were together like at that. one point um, and uh, one of the characters falls in love with uh like a, a sentient fucking tentacle being chick mm -hmm. and i knew uh how i wanted to start it and how i wanted it to end basically him having sex with this tentacle alien chick who has like five pussies and shit like that I'm down yeah and so like that's where my mind went but i my head takes me places to where it's like, all right, we're getting off the path. Like, come, come back to the road so we can end it. And it, you don't it just, have to. Ah. Just keep writing. Like, I mean, I, I have, I have no authority to tell anybody mm -hmm. how or what to do. But like, just put it down. Just yeah. put it down on paper, because that's all you need to do. Seriously. Yeah. And I, I, it's not easy. I'm not trying to make it sound easy. But yeah. if you already have like the idea, just write all of it. Yeah. Even if it sucks, like don't worry about the quality of it. Don't worry about the phrasing of it. Don't worry about the prose. Don't worry about anything other than getting those words that are popping in your head at that moment down on the paper. And then when you don't want to write anymore that day, stop Just writing. And then do whatever. And then when you go back to it the next day, make yourself sit down. That's, even if it's for 10 minutes. That's a question minutes, I would like to ask. Sit down and think about where you stopped on the last. Yeah. You're like, okay, he was he was unzipping her uh, her tentacle dress and it just about to flop out, and then I stopped. So, so they okay they flop out and oh it's like it flops out and there's like this shit that comes out with it and like then how's he dealing with that and then you're just writing oh. from what is he doing or what is she doing or what are they doing to deal with this situation that you've put them in. All you have to do is just put them in the th and then after it's all done after you've all written all that shit out then you go back and reread it <laughs> and then you start fixing it yeah. you know and you're like oh i said this That's already or I, or I could say this like this and then it would eliminate this and then we're yeah. already got all that and oh, then i could just move shit. on to it really is rewriting writing is rewriting and i know people say that all the time 
And I am in no authority. I may never write another book. I'm working on another one right now. <laughs> but I may not finish it. You know, I've never finished yeah. one before this first one. So, uh, but the thing was, is like, I loved what I, I was writing about. Was it easy for you to jump back in? To what? Like, I mean, as you wrote and then stopped and then picked it back up. I had to stay, consi- I had to make myself consistent. I had to make, and I did it. I had a, a routine, you know, like get up, smoke, coffee, notebook, write. Smoke, coffee, notebook, write every morning. Mm. Uh, and I wasn't a night. I, I can't write at night. I, I'm too sleepy with the kids yeah. and stuff, you know, so I can't do that anymore. I used to be stay up all night and write kind of person. So I write until I, I can't, until my brain is like not giving me anything anymore. You know, it's not giving me anything worthwhile. I can keep writing, but it's not going to be anything good, and I'm not feeling good about it anymore. So then I stop. I put the fucking book away. I clean the house. I do whatever else, the other shit I got to do. And I the, maybe the story is still going in my head. And then, it, like, something while I'm folding laundry, like, oh, I know what would make this be even more cool. Ah. And so you, so when you go back, you fix that you, little right, thing. Right. And then it leads to, like, this is what's going to take them to this. And then... That's all it is. is oh, you're finding shit. where they're going, man. Put them in a cool place. The, the idea is great. This guy is going to have sex with his five tentacled. How do they meet? How does how did does yeah. she bring him up on the ship? Did he meet her on Earth? Like, do does she get pregnant from that? Like, does he have to do oh, each shit. one? Like, <laughs> you, you, all you have to you have the thing now. Just follow it. Yeah, it'll. That's, that's what it did for me. It on if you like the. I fell in love with the characters that I was dealing with, so that was good. Like, at first they were kind of amorphous, but I really feel like you need, at least for me, you need to have characters who you want to follow around, you know? Mm, okay. And, uh, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to follow these guys around and see what they did and see what happened. There was some stuff that happened in the story as I was writing it that I was like, I had to set it down. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what? I can't believe that just happened. What? You know, like, Come I, on. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, dude. <laughs> that's I hate, cool, I, so, I, Yeah, it was great, dude. It, it was, And that's why I feel so good about it is because I'm not doing this. I didn't do it to make anybody else happy. I didn't write the story to get famous. I didn't, like, I, I go up and do stand-up because I wanted to be the most fucking funny stand-up and I wanted everybody to fucking love me and I wanted them to love what I was doing and I wanted them to just fucking this was like I am writing this because I am enjoying this and I want to see what happens to these and I hope they're okay and I hope they get out alright but I really don't know and uh, and I just had to see where it went. And that, you don't know, but do you? No, but I you know do now. Know, I know oh. now because oh. the book's done. But yeah. I didn't when I was writing it. I, didn't, I mean, I kind of knew where I wanted it to end, but like so I literally changed the ending before I hit print on the first fucking edition. Like I changed like just a minor thing, but it changed the ending of the story yeah. uh, because that's where they had to end up. That's where they were going. That's and um and I was lucky. My editor Travis Schuler. Is like uh, we've been Travis friends Shulu. since yeah mm-hmm. we've been friends since he was he's like a real fucking rocket scientist like a like a like <laughs> a god no he's like a god's honest like he's yeah. a rocket scientist uh, and he's like a uh, he's in a band uh, and we've been in bands together since we were kids and uh, he's just one of the smartest fucking coolest people I know and he went through the whole book and like oh, you know help me out with that's why i give my shit my to Kamar, words he reads. And, uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah dude if, if the if it's readable at all travis has a, a huge 
part in yeah. that. Um, I'm very lucky to know him and uh, to have his um, eyes and, and words in there. Oh, man, you definitely need like an outside perspective of things. Yeah, you need somebody to somebody you trust who's who like because he told me some shit that I didn't. Like there's some <laughs> shit I didn't change that he like. <laughs> he was like, you probably should, and there's probably a lot of shit this, that yeah. I did do like that. He's a direct. Uh, he's the reason that it's like that. And if you like whatever that is in the book, it's, yeah. it's fucking. It's because of Travis. Um, ah. So um, yeah, dude. I uh, uh, I think it's just I finally like me a little bit, and I like the person that I've become, and it's allowed me to not give a shit where I gave when I didn't like who I was as a person I guess deep down <laughs> that guy back I then. gave so much <laughs> that more guy of a the house shit. blues I don't know if it, I didn't fully dislike him but man I learned a lot in these you past sure did years, shit man. on the day <laughs> yeah well I mean I've never been a big fan of me um, but I like this fucking book so if you guys uh, go Hell to my yeah, website man. and buy this book that would be great high noon where, uh, website where uh, leonblanda.com um, we're sold out on the website right now I don't know when you're going to hear this uh, so uh, but check the website first and then if we don't have any go to Amazon because we're just re-upping uh, oh. but it's always available on amazon.com uh, I'm ebook very excited and um, paperback that, that's all I'm very excited I'm from a person that like I, because you said you're gonna do an audio book, and I can't wait. I, I would I, like I, to I, at I some hope, point. Yeah, I hope that I, I hope fucking, that comes out pretty soon. I gotta step away from this book for a second. <laughs> I feel you. I uh, I have trouble with reading things. My reading comprehension is terrible because I have ADHD. Dude, so I every, I read so slow. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna I'll do this for years because you told me that. I don't know if I have ADHD <laughs> because my parents never took me to get tested. <laughs> my, I'm gonna say this too, and I hope my mom never hears this. But she one time she told me. God damn it. I don't want to say this. Uh, never mind. It's just like at some point it's like, yeah, maybe I should have had a little bit of help at some point, mom. And maybe that was. My your... parents gave me hooked on phonics thinking that was going to help. It didn't. It like, didn't help shit. Like, uh, hook me up with a fucking speech therapist or something, mom and dad. I, or I did, whatever. A, I I did the entire hooked on phonics book on tape and everything. I yeah. put all the cassettes in and all that shit. And they thought it would help me out with my SATs and all that. I was like, I just, I, 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 my brain isn't for this. Yeah, like, I can not. have people read to me, though. Oh, yeah. I love that. But me having to sit down and read it, if I can't get invested, and I'm pretty sure I'd be getting real invested into what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, it's easy to read somebody who you know, the, yeah, the person. But like, also, you, it, it's uh, it's fictional. So, like, I can definitely go into that realm of what, what you're talking about. and Because I like that. I don't I don't want... If it's going to be, like, something informative... Like, so, yeah, yeah, I can't I like, do anything informative. If, if it's going to yeah. be something informative, but if it's something that's going to take me somewhere, yeah. uh, to say that you was reading, you were reading your own shit as you was writing and you was like whoa I can't believe we just went there I was like you just wrote that though (laughs) but did I though you know what did I though for real so okay that is the thing to ask yourself can I do a little metaphysical thing please go ahead so I do like the idea that there's there's just fucking creativity floating around us you know like in the ether and that if you're tuned to it mm-hmm. you're like a conduit for it you you kind of snatch like the inspiration yeah. is floating around you and that can be snatched out of the air now 
if you don't have the skills to do anything with that inspiration or you're too lazy or whatever, you don't do anything with it. Cause the inspiration, it. Yeah. You can't, you can't evolve it. Cause the inspiration is like a spark, you know? Yeah. And if you don't fucking gather firewood and put some fucking kindling under it, that spark's just going to go out eventually. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep feeding that fire until it's like a fucking blazing inferno that you can back away from, you know, yeah. it's got enough heat to carry itself. And a lot of people just, after they grab that inspiration they get fucking bored you know or they there's not that that initial like that because that inspiration is like it. that sparks so hot you grab yeah. it and you're like yes i'm gonna do this and then after the next day or Kinda a couple of days later you're like bit. yeah it's, you're like that's you sparks. Gotta blow on the coals yeah so that's what i think you just i gotta i've learned to like gather firewood I, and that's not the fun part the fun part is the, the big yeah. fire at the end yes it's not fun gathering it and Piling it and fucking doing all I, that. Me myself, because my brain takes me in so many places. I understand like what you're saying. Like some shit just writes itself. Yeah, and I don't know. Like it's scary because yeah. it's like, where the fuck did this come from? And you're happy with yeah, it. That I'm you're very, I'm like, Thank you're you. like, oh look, Thank I you. did. Look me. what I this did. Is, yeah, this is mine. I did this. Oh. I gotta give credit to something. Yeah, something. I said, think if put I'm not impressed here. with it, then why would anybody else be? Right. You know. Yeah. Ah. Oh. And see, that's that's what makes that's what makes this podcast something that people, you know, there's no jokes told, but there's always lessons to be learned, you know, and it's just like, oh, this can definitely take you somewhere, especially if you're a creative, like you know, the people that I talk to are creatives and to see people that aren't to see people that just go about themselves, go about their regular life in the world, you mm -hmm. know, I wish like I could in do the that. American dream. Yeah, no, we can't. We I can't know. because we have we have too much on our mind. We have too much on our mind. And those people will never understand what we go through in our head, mm -hmm. but they enjoy what and we we'll do. And we'll never understand investing. <laughs> I do need to go ahead and invest in some things. I know, me too. I, assets. I, yes. Invest in assets. That's what oh they say. Oh, my God. Not, I, read, uh, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, I had mm -hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad read to me, and it was like, yeah, you need to invest and make sure your assets pay for these assets. Mm -hmm. and You go ahead and build and accumulate your money. And it's like... All right, that just seems like a lot. Nah, yeah. I don't know what to invest I'm in. Write a poem like, about this. <laughs> yeah, I just want to keep my money so I can save it. And it's like, well, then it ain't never gonna build from there. And I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, yeah, I know, dude. <sighs> Shit, this was fun. Yeah, this dude. is what I needed to hear. I Jesus. needed to hear these Thank things. You Thank so you so much for having man. me on this Thank show, you, Kyle. Dude. Dude. <laughs> no, seriously, man. This is the first like bit of any like. Um, you finally got to open up about press things. or media or anything I've done or anything really in, for this book or any in a long time. Ah, that's so I I'm so grateful. Yeah. To, oh, and man, I love I'm this show I and I love you. And, you know. Hell yeah, man. I mean, well, shit. You're the one that got me to where I'm at. So no, you, you are a true. piece. No, you, you are, are a piece of of what makes me me. And because if if I still just like the first time I met you, I was like, man, this dude's an asshole. But yeah. I did. This is what I need. I need this. I need this right here. And then just to build from there, and then to see you on the stage with the fucking guitar and shit. And I'm like, oh, he brings everybody, and people doesn't matter how. It, people don't know that he's an asshole back here. They don't care about that. They just understand that he's a good host and he's bringing something to these people. And that's what you cared for. You cared for the comedians. And you cared for us, and you just wanted to show people uh, that we have something to show. And like it ain't stopped since like you like there's so many things that have has started 
from your show like me meeting kamari and then me you know like my wife is like oh say hey to bestie for me because that's that's the homie right there like mm-hmm. he's my go-to person i would have never met kamari if i wouldn't have never been on your show you don't matter i would have eventually met him fucking small town you'd have seen him you're the right. next night at the you're right. at another it would have been a, it would have been i do a appreciate that it would have been a, a different. Uh, it would have been a different environment that I would have met him in, and it would probably been a little weird. And, but I don't know, man. Immediately, I was easy. like, "We're gonna be." He's friends. easy to get along oh, with. Oh, he's easy because you mesh with him. No, I mean, hey. yeah, no, I can, I can <laughs> understand if somebody <laughs> same as me. But I'm saying, I love Kamari. I've, yeah. I've loved him since the moment I met uh, him. You know, Kamari is a character. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. suffer fools. No, that's for sure. No, and I love not him. at all. And I need a genuine person to be right there and be like, hey. No, this that's why when I gave when I wrote my shit down, I'm like, hey man, yeah. does this look like a story? He was like, no, it doesn't. But it's you, and I'm like, thanks, man, thank you. <laughs> so, fuck yeah, man, thank you, Leon, thank, thank you for you, being Kyle. here, dude, man. And uh, let people know where they can find you. At. Uh, uh, LeonBlanda.com. Uh, I will be uh, the 30th you can hear me on Sirius XM radio at 8.30am on the Dave Nemo show oh shit um, uh, November 5th I'll be at Showcase Comics and Hobbies doing a book signing and November 12th I'll be doing Moral Panic that's Paul Oswell's show in oh. um, New Orleans I'm excited to see Paul too hell yeah yeah Man, thank you. Thank you for doing my show, man. Jeez. And Thanks for having me, This man. has been Tell Me a Joke, the guideline that's chasing your dream. I have been the host of Maniacal Minutes, Kyle Smith. Said a whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And until next time, man, keep on dreaming, dreamers. Be creative. <laughs>